Our reading tonight is from Genesis 18, verses 1 through 14. Then the Lord appeared to him by the terebinth trees of Mamre, as he was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day. So he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing by him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them, and bowed himself to the ground, and said, My Lord, if I have now found favor in your sight, do not pass on by your servant. Please let a little water be brought, and wash your feet, and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will bring a morsel of bread, that you may refresh your hearts. After that you may pass by, inasmuch as you have come to your servant. They said, Do as you have said. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah and said, Quickly, make ready three measures of fine meal. Knead it and make cakes. And Abraham ran to the herd, took a tender and good calf, gave it to a young man, and he hastened to prepare it. So he took butter and milk and the calf which he had prepared and set it before them, and he stood by them under the tree as they ate. Then they said to him, Where is Sarah your wife? So he said, Here in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah your wife shall have a son. Sarah was listening in the tent door which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in age, and Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I have grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I surely bear a child, since I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time I will return to you, according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Commanding soldier or commanding officer was uh, commanding some soldiers in a training exercise, and he said, "Here's what we're going to do, troops. We're going to set up our uh, foxholes and uh, on that ridge line there, and there we're going to make our position." Well, there was a somewhat naive recruit that was there among the soldiers. He got to the ridge line. He turned to his officer. He said, uh, "Sir, excuse me, but where are the foxholes?" <laughs> and he said, "You're standing on them. You just have to throw out the dirt." I wonder how often it is that we stand around as far as our service goes in Christianity and we stand in our homes and we say, where is it that I can serve? And I wonder how many times the Lord might answer to us, you're standing in it. You just have to throw out the dirt. We are working out of Genesis chapter 18 this evening and we are talking about something that I believe needs to be talked about more often and that is the word hospitality. You see, we are more familiar with the latter part of Genesis chapter 18 where it talks about Abraham interceding for uh, Sodom and Gomorrah and how it is that he bargains God from 50 then down to 45, then 40, then 30, then 20, then 10. But I think that we can't neglect what's there and what's given to us for our admonition in Genesis chapter 18 verses 1 through 15 especially. Because as we look at this, we can learn a great lesson about hospitality and having people in our homes and being able to entertain them effectively when it comes to what it is that the Lord has commanded us to do. You see, we need to put ourselves in the path of God's blessings. As we put ourselves in the will of God and we're putting ourselves in the path of God's blessings, and you've never had an opportunity where you've entertained people where it is that you can 
receive some tremendous blessings from doing something like that. Hospitality is simply defined as Webster's, by Webster's rather, as the friendly and generous reception and entertainment of guests, visitors, or strangers. We look for blessings in service and we look for blessings in our Christian life. Do we realize that our homes and having people over and being able to be hospitable to them affords us some of the greatest blessings and some of the most unexpected blessings that are found when we entertain guests in our home? We're going to look at several different aspects of hospitality this evening and make some applications to all of us from what Abraham did as he entertained these three visitors there at his home. Look at this number one as far as hospitality and its opportunities. Hospitalities and its opportunities. You know, Abraham is at this point in his life a man of unique opportunity. He's certainly a man of means. He has many servants. He has many other things. It doesn't seem like it was a stretch for him to go and tell that young man to prepare that goat. And, and the young man knew exactly where to go and he knew exactly what he was going to do for it. He sees strangers and he knows that these men have needs. You know, being considerate of somebody else is the very first step to uh, the very first opportunity of hospitality. We think of others first, and that's the beginning, and that's where it begins. And brothers and sisters, when we consider other people's needs, we need to throw out the dirt because we have a grand opportunity to share with somebody a blessing, a part of our blessings that are our lives and our homes. Think about just these opportunities if we just list them. Number one, we can talk about being hospitable to brethren in the Lord. You know, one of the qualifications, we talked about elders this morning. One of the qualifications that's repeated both in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and Titus chapter 1 is that these men are hospitable. That is, they know how to entertain strangers. They know how to entertain other people in their homes. They're given to hospitality. You look at friends and neighbors in the community. You remember Jesus and what we call the limited commission in Luke chapter 10. He uh, picks 70 people to go out and go. He says, I want you to go out without any kind of money or without any kind of knapsack or sandals. And what they're going to depend on is the goodness of people, the hospitality of people. They're going to put their lives in, in their hands. You think about guests who attend our services. What a difference it would make if it was that you just had people that were out of town. They're just traveling. They're passing through and they're trying to get from point A to point B. And they decide to stop in at the Grave Road Church of Christ. And saying, you know what, our family has prepared this nice casserole. We prepared this. My wife has cooked and she's, uh, she's put this crockpot on. Will you come over and enjoy some roasted potatoes with us? Spending time in somebody's home, you see a side of them that you don't normally see. You get to understand something of the blessing that God affords us when we do that. What about things like extended family members? What about anywhere we see need or potential for stronger and better relationships? There's opportunities for hospitality. Peter would say in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 9, be hospitable to one another without grumbling. We open up ourselves. We look and we see others' needs and say, you know what? I'm going to encourage this brother or sister or this family by having them over and try, uh, engaging them and showing them hospitality. There are opportunities everywhere if we can see them. Look at this number two. It's initiative. Hospitality, it's initiative. Note the verbs in Genesis chapter 18, particularly in the verse, uh, several verses. Abraham saw, verse 2, he lifted his eyes and he looked. You know what happens sometimes is we don't lift our eyes, we don't look. 
We'd rather not look, in fact, in some, in some cases. But what Abraham did was he lifted his eyes and he had an opportunity to see the opportunity or the, uh, the, the people that were coming towards him. Jesus said, lift up your eyes. The fields are wide into the harvest. There's opportunities to do good. You know, I saw on Drudge Report today, just scanning through, I don't usually get on there because it's kind of depressing when you start taking a look at it, uh, the collection of all those different news stories. One of the ones that was down on the right-hand column, down towards the bottom, was that it says that half of all Americans feel lonelier than ever. Half. And it talks about the advent of technology, how somebody can have 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 friends on, on social media. And yet, even though they have that great following of people, they feel lonelier than ever. Now, you can be with a group of people and feel completely lonely and feel completely isolated. I hope that doesn't describe you and the, the church here. But it is, though, as we see people and see their needs, as we looked at number, uh, number one, we have the eyes to look up and say, you know what, I have the opportunity to be encouraging to this person by showing them hospitality. Note this, Abraham ran. Abraham ran. He ran to meet them. Question, if you were in the presence of God, if you saw God walking towards you, how would you serve him? When we think about how it is that we live every single day in God's presence, we've got to remember that he is paying attention to our attitudes. And our loving service ought to reflect a diligent, a fervent spirit. Romans 12 verse 13, not lagging in diligence, but fervently serving the Lord. No, and Abraham bowed, verse 2. Abraham came to these men and he fell on his face. You know, there's humility in hospitality. There is humbling yourself and putting and esteeming somebody else higher than yourself. Abraham's a great man by the world's standards. He's great, and yet there's a number of things that are humble about this passage. He has tremendous wealth, and yet he bows before his strangers. He calls himself, verse 3, your servant. His magnificent meal that he cooks for these men is, he refers to as a morsel of bread, verse 5. You know what, there are some people that are good at false humility. Oh, this old thing? Oh, you know, this little meal? Oh, that's nothing. And there's people that will, that will uh, do these things falsely, but Abraham, it doesn't seem like is, 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 is doing any of that. It's not false humility. The Bible calls Abraham genuinely a friend of God. And his focus is on others to the glory of God. You know, when we focus on doing the things that glorify God and edify one another, you know what happens? We take ourselves out of the picture and lowliness of mind, esteeming others better than ourselves. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. Philippians chapter 2 verse 3. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Philippians 2 verse 5. Sometimes we lack initiative because we worry that people won't be impressed with our homes, that they won't be impressed with what we serve, that they won't be impressed with hospitality. We need to get over that. Hospitality is all about putting ourselves in the path of God's blessing so that he can be exalted as we serve others. Note this also from the context. It's initiative. Abraham spoke respectfully. Verse 3. If I have found favor in your sight. He could have been pompous about this. He could have been magnanimous. You know what? You guys are in for a real treat. Let me cook something for you. I've got this wife in here. She's the best cook. Oh, this is going to be great. Y'all are really going to enjoy it. You don't find that. You find that Abram, Abraham looks at himself, and this focus was completely on his guest. 
You know, the way to overcome self-consciousness about having people over to your house and having opening yourself up for a meal and uh, sharing yourself with them is to forget about yourself. There's a great folly to think that hospitality is all about impression. It's really more about loving service. It's about doing something for the good of the other. And that kind of thing makes a far greater impression on people than just simply what's on the table. More on that in just a moment. Note the characteristics of hospitality from Genesis 18. There is a cleansing aspect to it. Verse 4, let a little bit of water be brought to wash your feet. Here are these men, don't know how far they traveled. We don't know anything about them other than the fact that they were uh, going down to Sodom and Gomorrah to go and see if the sin was really as bad as God, God knew it was. But as they get a little bit of water and as Abram begins to wash their feet, there's humility, there's service. You know, because we fail to serve sometimes, you ever know relationships to sour you ever know relationships because we fail to put ourselves in an opportunity to serve, especially number one another when we're talking about the church? It is that we find that we cut off communication with another person. And before too long, you get a sense that somebody's angry at you or they don't like you anymore because we cut ourselves off from those people. and We fail to, to, to look for opportunities to do good, to take the initiative to go and run and, and say, how can I serve you? Come on over. Let's spend some time together. You know, there's a clearing of the air if we genuinely show others that we're interested in their welfare. You know, recently I've had a friend that was a preacher, and um, he was having trouble with the local congregation where he was preaching. He said, I preached some things that were truth, and he said, there's some people that are really coming, having a hard time coming to grips with that. And he said, instead, and what they're doing is, he said, I feel like they're withdrawing from me, that they're, they're pulling back a little bit. And he said, I'm thinking about leaving this work and I don't want to because I love these people and love and appreciate who they are. You know what's best for that preacher is to get involved in their lives more, to invite people out for coffee, to say, listen, why don't you come on over to our house? We're having a singing on Friday night. Why don't you come on over to our house? We'd love to make a meal for you. We'd love to sit down. We're going to have a game night at our house. You have to engage people. Because if we withdraw from one another and if we, we separate ourselves from one another, what's going to happen is over time those relationships have a tendency to sour. Understand that there is a refreshing aspect. Rest yourself under the tree, Abram said. You know, people need to know that they're not alone in the struggles of life. There's something refreshing about drawing closer to one another in relationships. There's a nourishing aspect to it. I'll bring a morsel of bread that you can refresh your hearts, verse 5. After that you can pass by, Abram says hospitality and showing genuine care and concern for others is so much about our hearts more than anything else. You know, you can enjoy a meal privately with your family. You can go to the Cracker Barrel and sit down and have wonderful uh, biscuits and gravy. And you can enjoy that meal and be refreshed and well-nourished physically. But when we share time with one another, you have an opportunity to get refreshed spiritually. They get an opportunity to know you better, and you get an opportunity to know them better. There's love, there's support, there's encouragement of one another that don't happen often at a superficial Sunday morning, Sunday evening handshake to say, hey, how are you, brother? Fine. When it is that on the inside, your life is falling apart. When on the inside you couldn't be any lower, you feel lonely or you feel uh, uh, taken aback, but those things are not things that are going to, somebody's going to share out in the foyer. 
Those are not things that somebody's going to share as, as you're passing by trying to, trying to shake hands and get to the person that you need to talk to. Those things aren't going to happen. There's an exhortation, Hebrews 3, 12 and 13, exhort one another daily while it's called today. That kind of encouragement takes an investment of time and energy. Note this, number next. What's the cost of hospitality? What's the cost? Hospitality is an investment. Being hospitable to people is an investment. It's something we put our stock in in order for it to bring gains to the glory of God. Note this. When Abraham was committed to doing these things for these visitors that he had, he took the plan seriously. Note again the verbs here in verses 6 and 7. He hurries to Sarah. He says, Sarah, quickly make cakes. He ran to the herd, verse 7. He hastened to prepare, verse 7. What Abraham knows and what Abraham believes is that what he's doing is worthy of his best efforts. Now, look up just for a moment. We think that best efforts means that somebody has to come over to an immaculate house, that somebody has to eat on the finest china, and have the best dinner that we've ever cooked and the best dinner that we've ever made in order for it to be hospitable. Remember what we said just a moment ago. Hospitality is more about service and about our hearts than it is about making a good impression. We sometimes hinder ourselves and limit ourselves by not being hospitable more often. You know, in our society, we build walls and we build fences and we compartmentalize everything and we try and guard our castles and we're... Sometimes we're kind of suspicious about those who invade our space. But as people get more lonely in our society, you know what they need? They need more personal connections. They need more opportunities so it is that you can get to know on a personal deep level somebody else because social media is not going to do it. The only thing you're going to put up on social media or read on social media is somebody's impression of themselves or what they're trying to communicate about themselves to make you think, wow, they're either really doing good or, wow, they're not doing so good. They put themselves out there, but when you get to have them in your home, you see them as they are. You see an opportunity for those things. Note this also before we leave. Brothers and sisters, there's conversations that are going to take place across the dinner table that will never, ever take place across the table at the Cracker Barrel. Did you hear what it said? We like to be social. We like to go out on Sunday evening to the Whataburger and sit and chat. That's great. Awesome. I will love the fact that there's a group that loves to do that. I love the fact that you have your friends and maybe the people that you go and dine with on a regular basis and maybe you go to, uh, to whatever restaurant you choose. And whatever restaurant, and, and it's almost like a, 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 um, an expected thing. All right, see you there. Absolutely. But when you get to have people in your homes, you know what happens? Defenses go down. Barriers go down. And you have an opportunity to talk to somebody deeply and spiritually. When, when did you become a Christian? Tell me about that. Tell me about who led you to, to, to understand the gospel and who baptized you. Tell me about, uh, about your family. Tell me about your struggles. And you know what's going to happen is just with a few simple questions, some open prodding across the dining room table, somebody's going to begin to open up and lower their defenses and you're going to begin to trust one another. You're going to begin to get to know one another. You're going to begin to bear one another's burdens. So fulfill the law of Christ, Galatians 6 and verse 2. 
We have that opportunity, and our homes are a wonderful vehicle for that to happen, but we've got to commit to it. Hospitality is more about service than it is about impression. You know, there's preference Abraham gives, or Abraham gives to his guests. The meal's presented, and the host stands by while they eat. That would kind of make me uncomfortable, personally. Sitting there and eating the, the meal while, you know, Abraham is watching these people. But you know what? You ever go to a restaurant and you have excellent service? Where it is that you have the waiter or the waitress that fills your glass while you're still talking? And fills your glass or, and knows the things that you need and that you need an extra set of silverware or something like that and bring those things to you before you even ask? You want to tell you that's good hospitality. As we practice in our homes, we look at the guest and we say, I want you to be as comfortable as you possibly can. Your needs are chief. I'm putting your preferences and your honor above anything else that I'm going to do. Hospitality is about giving preference to other people and to treating them with honor and respect. But note these things. Lastly, it's blessings. The blessings of hospitality. It is that Christ is seen in our homes. Christ is seen in our homes. As Abraham stands there with his visitors, most likely still sitting around eating their meal, it is that they have a message for Abraham and Sarah, verses 9 and 10. They said, where is Sarah, your wife? He said, here in the tent. He said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife shall have a son. And Sarah was listening in the tent door, which was behind him. There is an opportunity that God will bless us whenever it is that we are hospitable to others. Our lives are enriched and there's relationships that are strengthened. There's hope that's given and hope that's shared among people that are there. There's an opportunity there to draw strength from one another and, and comfort to say, you know what? We, outside of the church, we may have never had anything that was common to you and me. You and I probably would have never crossed paths if it wasn't for Christ and the common hope that we have. And as it is, we sit here around this table and we partake of whatever meal it is. We're grateful for the tie that binds us. And that relationship is going to be stronger through you and I sharing those things and sharing that meal together. Our faith in God grows by his power at work in us. There is a potential factor that we may well reap a harvest of blessings. Abraham sowed the seeds of hospitality and Bible would say that he entertained angels under, unaware. You get to <laughs> Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 2. Where it says, don't, do, don't forget to do good and entertain strangers, for in doing so, you've entertained angels unaware. And you mention that anywhere. You know what people are immediately going to begin to ask? How does that happen? I, I want to know more about these angels. You know what? I don't know about the angels. But you know what? I do know about the command to be hospitable. To do good for strangers. To open up my home in a very deep and personal way. You never know what good may come when we use our blessings to God's glory. Just for a moment, a couple of brief applications. Number one, host a youth devotional. You want to put yourself in the path of God's blessings. You want to be encouraged in your faith. Have the young people over to your home. You know why? Because hearing them sing together, because hearing the, the, the joy and the love that they have for one another and understanding that, that you're just providing meals and in a lot of cases like a plague of locusts, you know, they come down and they just they, they eat everything there. 
And as it is, you understand that you're giving and you're sacrificing. Because remember, hospitality is about service and it's not about impression. It is that you have an opportunity to sit and realize, you know what? This is the president of our church. These people are blessings to us and we want to encourage them in their faith. And you know what's going to happen? You're going to be encouraged in your faith. If I can encourage you to say, host somebody for Sunday lunch. We don't often do Sunday lunch as much anymore, do we? Because it's a whole lot easier to go out to the Cracker Barrel or go out and get a you know bucket of chicken and, and, and you're good to go for the afternoon. You know, I remember a time when it is that there was a couple that would always have Sunday lunch at their house. It was never a question whether or not they would go out. But it was always the fact that there was somebody that was going, and the, uh, there was somebody that was going home with them. They just knew that. The kids knew that. The parents knew that. And it was just a matter of who mom and dad wanted to invite over. And almost on a spur of the moment, hey, I know that you don't have any plans for lunch. Come on over and we're going to, my wife's cooked, uh, cooked something for us. We need to return, in my opinion, to a time like that. Where it is, you know we're all going to be in the same place, yes? You know we're all, well, almost all of us probably are going to eat something after services. You know it's probably going to be cheaper to cook for yourself as opposed to spending $75 for a family of four on Cracker Barrel. You know that there's an opportunity there to grow in your Christian relationships. Why not spend more time having somebody over for a Sunday lunch? Just a question. Host a simple supper. I mentioned it's not about fine china. It's not about what color your drapes are or if they've been changed since 1975. It's not about that. You know what? If you want to prove it, have somebody over to your house one Sunday evening, one Wednesday evening, and say, you know what? I'm just going to serve a simple supper. Whatever our family would be eating, that's what we're going to eat. You know what? I'll bet there would be a wonderful conversation over a bowl of Cheerios. Anybody ever eat cereal for supper? Right? You understand that it's not about the meal. It's not about what's there. It's not about the way we perceive our house to look. We can begin to look with nitpicky eyes because we live in our houses and we see the dust and we see the dirt and we see those things and the, the toys that just build up in the corner of the house and, and we know the, the Legos that are probably hiding in the carpet and all of those things. It's not about that. Somebody that comes over to your house for a meal and somebody that you have an opportunity to show hospitality to, it's about doing good for them. It's about getting over yourself and the way that your house looks and the way that things are and just saying, I'm going to share some faith with you. I'm going to share some encouragement with you. We're going to be refreshed. You're putting yourself in the path of God's blessings. Have a random church family in your home on a weeknight. You know, why not? Why not? I know our families are busy, but I hope it is that we're devoting time to having family time where we have at least one family evening where we're going to sit together and we're going to enjoy some meal together. I know families are being torn every way but from Sunday. But on a random weeknight, planning ahead and saying, all right, for this Tuesday evening, we're not going to schedule anything else. We're going to have this family in our home. We're going to invite them over. And we're going to enjoy some time of fellowship with them. May not be anything long, but you know what? It doesn't have to be long in order to be hospitable. Brothers and sisters, if I can impress one more thing. It's not about service. It's about service and blessing. It's not about flawless presentation. And so, as we talk about hospitality, I'm reminded of the old preacher story about the preacher that uh, went to the farmer and he said, "Farmer, if you had a hundred cows, would you give fifty of them to the Lord?" 
The man says, yes, sir, you know I would. He said, well, farmer, if you had a thousand chickens, would you give 500 to the Lord? He said, yes, sir, I would. He said, if you have two hogs, would you give one to the Lord? And the farmer turns around to the preacher. He says, now, wait a minute, preacher, that's not fair. You know I have two hogs. <laughs> we look at ourselves and we look at our blessings. And God says, what are you going to give? I have a home. I have an opportunity. I have food. Why haven't I? I need to throw the dirt out. Brothers and sisters, you've listened so attentively. Get your songbooks out, please, and turn to the song that Roger announced just for a moment ago. Maybe it is this evening that you need the care and the concern of the church. We're here to encourage you. We're here to strengthen you. We're here to build you up, to study with you and to pray with you if that's what you need. We're here this evening if it is that you're ready to obey the gospel and be immersed into Christ for the forgiveness of sins. It is a decision you will never regret because it is you will be living the best life here on this earth, but you will be living with the best hope that, this, that, this, that God has to offer. And if it is, maybe you would like to study more. Maybe it is you'd like to learn more. We would like to do that and encourage you and help you in whatever way that you can. God bless you this week. Let's stand and sing.